Welcome to the Nerdification Podcast. My name is Griffin. My name is Gavin. And listen as we nerdify you weekly. And today's episode is D&D. It's dynamite. D&D. Something, something, something. Yeah. Night news. So, there is a Suez Canal video game now. For those of you who don't know, there was a boat that got stuck on the Suez Canal, stopping 10% global trade. So, some dude made a video game out of it, like you do. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is coming out. Yakuza 6, Song of Life has also come out, and as well as Story of Seasons. In terms of movies, uh, there was a rumor of a Ghost of Tsushima movie coming out. In terms of the anime, Shaman King might get a revival. I know some people in the early 2000s were into that. It wasn't popular, but people liked it. In terms of TV shows, Invincibles came out on Amazon. It's pretty good. Uh, Some dude punched a hole in some guy's face. That's pretty neat. Uh, There's a Mighty Ducks TV show on Disney+. Plus. It's pretty much about a group of kids doing hockey stuff. I can't remember the trailer all the way through. I just remember one of them was a gamer. So that's pretty interesting. And for comics, Power Rangers Unlimited comic is coming out March 31st. Mm. Not a big fan of the Power Rangers comics, but for those who are interested, that's also that's coming out. Now, Griffin, mm. we're talking about the art of D&D, DMing. Yep. So what does a good DM mean to you? A good DM. Mm-hmm. Um, good DMing is just, you know, you got to be prepared for what's gonna come and that is very 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 difficult to do and i honestly think the best dm in the world will never be ready for that ever (laughs) yeah dming there's a lot of improvisation you have to do because your players can do a bunch of crazy stuff doesn't matter how many opportunities you prepared for their players are still going to do something stupid and you have to ad-lib and do it Mm. which you know that isn't a bad thing you know always go with the flow when it comes to dming yes but at least try to be prepared. It's better than not being prepared. Yeah. Have a very well-rounded idea. <laughs> yeah. Have a, have a goal in sight. Don't really plan out the bullet points. Well, kind of. Play, plan out a few. Just understand that your players are probably going to add a few more bullet points. Um. Should we be talking about what is a dungeon master? For those? Yes. What is a dungeon master, Kevin? Dungeon Master is the guy who is in charge of making the story and controlling the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Which is a role-playing game. Yes. Without the DM, well, the DM is essentially your god. And if you piss off that god, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Are you going to ask me what a player is? Well, I think I think most people know what a player you, you is. You should ask. Well, what is a player, Griffin? Well, a player is a person that is not the DM. They have to understand what the DM is going to do, but not really because they also get to make choices in the game. (laughs) You can pick multiple races, multiple classes, and these classes and races are very interesting. Um, My favorite one to play as is I love to play as an animal hybrid, and I have been recently getting into sorcerers, and I'm going to be honest... I hate magic and video games, so I don't know why I'm picking a sorcerer out of all people, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nerves, um, so when it comes to DMing, um, there are a lot of examples on Reddit and all over the place of people taking advantage of that role. Some people use it to try to tell their story. 
when it's more of a game where it's how your it's your player's story, not yours. Yeah. You can give the characters, you can give the props needed, but it's up to them how they use them. And you should be, you should be able to try to follow along with them. Of course, every now and then you might have to be a little strict if they're going to do something completely stupid. Life is not without consequence, after all. So a good DM should know when to, you know, punish the players for doing something incredibly, incredibly stupid, yet at the same time reward them for doing something incredibly stupid. Yeah. Dungeon Masters, there's a very, it's a weird line, it's like a curvy line, on when to be strict and when not to be strict. It's like, okay, they, let's say this. this is it's a, like water. It's like water, I guess. It's like, they kill somebody that they weren't supposed to. You know, you can work around that. Uh, but, like, there's certain... I don't know. I don't really know if there's a situation where you gotta just say no. <laughs> when the players attempt genocide, that's... That, that's one. Or I mean, when they try to work with the enemy... Well, okay, sometimes that can work. Sometimes it can work, but, like... You're, you're either... You're gonna have to talk, talk out a game, like, yo, okay, this is a... Big no-no. What the fuck? <laughs> but, like, you know... Not say you should stop them. Yeah. You should just heavily... imply that you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no... And I feel like... I feel like new players, honestly, I feel like new players to the game, they're like the best people to have at the table because they try, they, okay, don't, all right, the first advice, if we're talking about like newbie D&D, mm-hmm. we're going to go into newbie, then we're going to go into elites, that's what, how I imagine this conversation is going to go, yeah. if you're a newbie, please, for the love of God, don't take it too seriously, that ruins it, if for me, oh, for me, for Gavin, it might be different, but for me, when someone's like, you know, not making a single joke, you know, they're, you know, it's just like, this is boring. <laughs> like, if I was in a survival situation, you know, I'd make a couple jokes along the way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a video game in where you have to get the best stats, get the best gear, and beat the game. It's just, it's, you're living the life of another person. You should try to be that other person, you know, play along with them. Yeah. You're and playing you're- as Dream You. Be whoever you want to be. And your DM should listen to what you want to do out of your character. Like, what you want to do with your character. And, you know, try to accompany that for the story. Remember one of my examples? One of my players, their folks were killed by bandits yeah. and people. So I'm like, okay, okay, that that worked. And this other guy says, oh, I used to work with a bunch of bandits. Well, you say that's interesting. Mm. Well, you, you know... And you should, like, try to at least try to make their backstories match. Yeah. That, that's personally my opinion. And try to match it with the story as well. Yes. Because turns out that one player who was with bandits killed the other person's family. If you're a newbie... Then they got married. Please, for the love of God, if you're a newbie and, you know, you're just, like, getting ready to play D&D... Um, get creative. Get creative with your character and make your character on time you know two days before the session starts and then send your in those two days send your backstory to the dm so you know he has an idea of what because this is this is the worst thing about D. when you're like this is the question that a lot of people ask and i hate it when the players ask this why are we killing this dude that question will make your dm really mad 
because it is your it's the player's fault because the reason why you want to kill the DM I mean the villain don't kill the DM that's kind of impossible but um final point final a lot of stress a lot of stress that's how you do it um but anyway um killing the villain like why do you hate the villain in the scheme of things that is your fault because unless the dm you did send a dm your backstory and he's just so lazy and he didn't read it or he just added a villain out of the blue you don't know anything about him like yeah. it's like the dm actually like gives you a reason why it's your job you, you need to pay attention because you know he worked hard on this yeah he or she worked hard on this but like you know dm's not all fun games it's not like oh read the backstory oh you don't have to do anything with it well i mean you you could just keep it in the back of your mind but you should do your best to try to figure out what your players want and then give a story that your players want it's not all just about you it's not not all just about the players yes it's, it's a like Griffin said. It's like a it's like a weird curvy line. Yeah, it is. You gotta find the right thing for everyone. And, you know, some people may not like your DM styles. Some people might not you like your player style. You know, it's best to try to figure out uh, what to do for both. Yeah. So. Uh, you. Um. But anyway, so to like. For, D or like when you're a newbie. When you're trying to, um, if you want to become a DM, uh, I suggest, I know, I know this is a big bummer, and like you're, like if you're getting in a DM, I mean, getting in a Dungeons and Dragons, and you're like, oh, I want to be a DM, like right off the bat, you can't. I'm sorry, but you just can't. Yeah, you should try to be a player. You should try to be a player first. Okay, give me one second. Yeah. You should try to be a player first, and then slowly, like slowly figure out how to play the game and learn from that like i tried to play be a dm after my first campaign that went horribly because i wasn't even understanding how the game worked you just try to play be a player for a bit before you try to be a dm and now just make dming a lot easier once you understand the game at least not everyone is suited for the dm role some people just don't like to do it which i mean it's a lot it's a lot of work good for you yeah. If, if you are not suited for the DM rule and you're like, you hate DMing, I'm going to give you something good for you. Because <laughs> oh. I hate, like, well, I don't hate, but like a lot of people want to jump up into the DM when they have no idea what's going on. I'm sorry, but like half the people I know, which is, I'm not going to be specific, but half the people I know can't DM. I'm sorry, you just can't because they don't know the rules. I've, I've literally been in situations where I'm like, Dude, do you know what AC is? They're like, what's AC? Right, Which is armor class, by the way. Yeah, so, I mean, and you also, you know, the players should be nice to those who DMs who are still trying to learn. Yeah. And, you know, try to help them along the way. If you're still trying to learn, you shouldn't be a DM. I'm sorry, but if you're still trying to learn, you should master, you should master you should the world. Master being a player first. And master being a player. And trust me, you're gonna, like, being a player and... The scheme of things, you might be like, oh, but that's boring. But when you start becoming, like, a good DM and, you know, you start DMing a lot of campaigns, you're going to miss being a player. Oh, yeah, no, I do. I literally have a bunch of character ideas. But I'm like, huh, I need to be in a campaign in order to do these. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely miss being a player. Yeah. One of the many troubles of DMing that a lot of people don't consider is that usually when you become a DM, it, it I want to say it's a curse. 
But like, <laughs> feels like one. Sometimes, sometimes. But that's a lot of things. But like when you become a DM, a lot of people expect you to be the DM forever. Yeah, it's called <laughs> being a forever forever DM. Which I mean, in my case, I understand. My other DM, the other people who do DM, they're not good at it, and I can get into why later. But you know, if people do want you to be your forever DM, you should you know. You know, you should take it with pride. But at the same time, you also need to try to find a way, you know, maybe, you know, if your players are nice enough, maybe try to get them into one of the DMing spots. They might not be as good as you starting out, mm-hmm. but you need to, like, kind of help them along the way. Yeah. But, you know, you need, you know, maybe try it every now and then find a way to be a player and, you know, get someone else to DM as well. Yeah. But, um, if you're a DM and let's just say... Let's just say for some reason you're not taking our advice for a wait a year to be a player. Um, which, I understand. I mean... I understand maybe, like, sometimes you're in a situation where, like, you can't. Like, you're all new players. You like, let's say tomorrow you got a DM and, you know, like, you said, you've said years ago that you've played D&D when you lied. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. I do that all the time. Trust me. Um, but th- these are the things that you need to look at. Please. For the love of God. I know it sucks. But you have to keep track of things. You have to organize. You cannot you throw a terrascue at a level one. <laughs> you can. You can, but make sure it's, there's it's, it's, obstacles it's, in the way so that they can live. Yeah, you need to make sure to balance it with your group. You know, some people, you know, there's a thing called challenge rating. We're like, oh, it's the level you should face of a monster. So, challenge rating is not, it's like, de- it's like power levels in Dragon Ball Z. It's not exactly like that you know sometimes your players can be smarter than a challenge rating five when they're level five and it's an easy encounter sometimes they can be dumber you know you got to figure it out in moderation and you know it just depends on how well you're able to adapt how well you know your players and all that and also for um if you're still learning the dm or if you've been a dm whatever the situation is um my advice and a lot of people, a lot of DMs, a lot of DMs that are bad, they don't do this. I mean, not bad, but, like, they would be better if they did this thing, mm-hmm. is after level, maybe, like, I would say, like, five to ten, depending, if it's, like, depending on um, how long the campaign is, yeah. or the group, be, don't be afraid to kill their character. That's what makes it realistic. You, yeah. like, when you're like, oh, a dragon, but, you know... Like, if they're players at one health, and you're like, oh, a building hit them. Don't do that. Kill them off. I'm sorry, but, like, it was their their problem for getting in that situation. It's real life. Well, not real life, but to the imaginary character, it's real life for them. So you're going to have to kill them. Well, I... I And then find a way to bring them back. Don't be an asshole and be like, all right, (laughs) bye-bye. Well, well, I wouldn't... Okay, I get what you're saying, but personally, I think... You know, don't be afraid to pull the trigger if the situation calls for it. Like, let's say party members being killed and the enemy would realistically kill them. Do that. Don't be afraid to do it. That It's supposed to be like life, not like a video game where they will die. And, you know, maybe find a way to resurrect them. But don't be like, oh, yeah, he goes to a different enemy instead of killing them off if it doesn't make sense. Because that's not realistic and kind of gets rid of, undermines the stakes of the game. But you also shouldn't be like, go out of your way to just kill them. Yeah, well, yeah. Because that's, that's a horrible, 
I've never my first DM. We were a party of like level three, and we had to fight an ancient white dragon. The DM literally thought it was gonna kill us. It didn't. Cause we're we're we're, we're a smart party. But, like you shouldn't go out of your way to make encounters that will kill them. You should make encounters that you think would be an equal like an equal challenge to the party. And that that like I said, that is easier said than done. It is. It like this is the way I, I was I meant to say it. You know, make sure they have like every campaign that I've done. I, this is how I do it, and I'm pretty I'm pretty stereotypical when it comes to my campaigns. When everybody plays it, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I understand what's happening. There's a realm where the final boss is chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to set up. There's multiple dungeons around the area, and there's a town. The town is used for resources. Mm-hmm. That's why you set up. Please, if your DM gives you this, don't. I mean, don't overabuse the power. Be like, oh, I'm gonna steal coins off of this grandma, and then I'm gonna. <laughs> you know. Don't be a murder hobo. Don't go around just to kill people. But um, like this is what I mean by that. When you step into a dungeon, it's not plot armor city. Mm-hmm. It's a dungeon. You know, be prepared for what's gonna happen. You don't have extra lives. Well, less one of you can cast raise dead but you do not have extra lives yeah it you like it and also make a map of your dungeons i i you look at me while you say that no i I didn't i understand why but like make a map of your dungeons and have traps when the traps go off and if they fall for it don't be like oh that trap didn't exist they fall for it make sure they take armor and you know what the art the damage it might kill them don't be afraid to be like, oh, well, I killed him. I don't want to be an asshole and just, like, minus 20 damage. No. Just add the 20 damage. It's going to hurt to say that to him, oh, your character fell in a spike trap. But, you know, it's got to happen. Yeah, they fell for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is one of my faults of DMing where, like, I'm too, I'm a little too easy on the players when it comes to dying. I may, I may retract a point here. That also, that, that's another thing. Don't always go with the dice like sometimes like oh this attack does this damage okay well depending on like how the group is maybe add a little more maybe subtract a yeah. little more don't like subtract 20 like maybe add a few or subtract a few points mm-hmm. you have a dm screen for a le- reason the players don't need to see your sheet that's not saying oh they immediately get that 20 after that 20 yeah like use the dice beforehand but like if it's close like if the outcome would be like really bad maybe lower it so it's not as bad so it's not an insta kill but like don't stop like don't say it doesn't happen yeah also with the with the don't be afraid to kill them this is the only time you should use plot arbor as a dm and if you're listening to me and you and you are you know and you get into this situation you know, don't be a jerk about it and overuse this power. I only give... I give serious plot armor when half... Or not half. Everybody is dead and one person is, like, sitting at 3 HP trying to run away. <laughs> then I give plot armor. Because, you know, you don't want to kill the whole squad and then there's yeah, no way they come back. Yeah, it's not it's not fun. You can kill one... Like, if there's a team of four, you can kill one, two, three, and then you can hurt the fourth well, person. Well, three, that's maybe overdoing it, but yeah. You can... You can bring them back. You're God. You can bring them back. They'll, you'll find a way. <laughs> it, yeah, that's one of my faults, DMing. It's like, like I said, I don't, 
I, I have a hard time pulling the trigger when I need to, and that sometimes lowers the stakes a bit. Yeah. But I, I that's something I've learned to overcome as well. And also with boss battles, that special that rule especially comes to it, because also give your boss minions. Trust me. Oh yeah. Also, this is yeah. If you, this is advice, um, please give your bosses minions. It, it, it's like, like I've been playing Pokemon White. And this is how is exactly how DM works. Give. They walk into a dungeon. The door shuts. Make sure they're like, you know, at half health before they face the boss. Because let me tell you, uh, the four people. In D in D and D, four people against one, it really hurts that one person. Yeah, and it kind of lowers the stakes. So give minions just to like, it's not like oh they're beating their ass. You know that's something I need to, I need to work on. But I'm also like I'm working multiple character sheets at once here. I don't have, I don't have the resources. Why well, my computer? But like I haven't. I need to start using that for my DM. Also, your boss battle is supposed to be, like your final boss is supposed to. Don't be, do not, in the final boss, this is what I think. At the start of the game, it's hard to pull the trigger, because you're like, like, you know, we just started. But as the final boss, the final boss hates him for a reason. Yeah. They hate him for a reason. So, you, like, if it gets down to the situation, it's a final boss. How many times do you die in a final boss in a video game? A lot. But in this video game, or not in this video game, in this role-playing game, it's like real life. Yeah. Imagine being trying to play a Dark Souls in real life. You would, you know, you would die. So if those characters are unable to defeat the final boss, you're gonna have to kill them. It's a final boss. You know, you, you're gonna you're gonna have to pull the trigger. And don't be don't be scared to pull the trigger, because in but the, don't be too eager to as well. Yeah, don't be too eager to. But like, don't feel sad for doing it for the final boss because it's the journey along the way. Yeah, you know that's that stereotypical trope. <laughs> also, another thing I want to add on with, like, the final boss point is, ri- ri- like, kind of, I-, I know I say, like, try to be, like, flexible when it comes to schedule, like, don't have too many bullet points, but have, like I said, have bullet points. <laughs> it's supposed to be a story as well as life. Have a theme to it, and, you know, depending on how your players handle it, maybe change the theme along the way to what they've been doing. And one group I had... One of the themes was... Now I'm forgetting the word. Oof. One, one of the themes I had was... Uh, was brotherhood and... The mistakes. Yeah. Mistakes, but fr- mistakes and friendship. The party... The final boss of the game... The final boss I had prepared for the longest time... Was going to be an old ally of theirs that was not a good person was not a good person the group decided to befriend him and i let that happen you know i love their creativity with that even though i put a damper on my plan so i let him befriend this person and they came really close but over time in the game and just kind of how you know life is in general they made a mistake a lot of mistakes along the way like blowing up like blowing up a city making a meat dragon Making a, a enchanted terrace you, you know, those <laughs> crazy things. Everybody's made an enchanted terrace at some point in the D&D You career. haven't lived unless you made an enchanted kaiju. <laughs> but, um, with those mistakes along the way, and 
his eventual death, because he died of circumstances that were kind of planned, but kind of not, depending on the numbers, and I didn't hesitate to pull the trigger. It led to a situation where they had to fight him in the underworld, and they had to bear the mistakes they made along the way that hurt their friendship. And that really went well with the theme of the campaign, and it wouldn't have been as great if it I didn't stop them. Like, if, if I stopped them, if I stopped them from doing anything they were doing, that theme would not have worked. And if I were to just kind of railroad them into my story, it would not have worked. You need to understand what your players want. To kind of follow along. Go with the flow, but don't forget the plan. Mm. And like we've been saying before, it's it's a weird tightrope you need to walk upon. Um, also, for battles and things, if you're a DM, uh, definitely include the environment. Like, it makes it... Okay, so I did a Star Wars campaign, and, um... One of the best campaigns I've been in, by the way. And I... When I learned... Okay, so, if you don't watch D&D videos, because you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't. But, like, if you just don't, for some reason... Which um, I get. Which, I, you know, I, I learned this from a D&D video, so if that makes you want to do it more, you know, do it. Um, but Mustafar, which is a planet literally full of lava, um, nothing but. <laughs> and um, bits of Anakin. And, and bits of Anakin, yes. But, um, the reason why my characters were so scared is not because of the villain, is because one, one mistake, one slip, one, you know, if they rolled a one on their dice, they know there's a chance they get hit. And they fall into lava. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a big scary thing. You know, and Vince. my villain, uh, the villain's wife, which happened to be I try to fuck, <laughs> which happened to be one of the characters' moms. Dun dun dun. I didn't care. I try to fuck. <laughs> um, she got a natural one, and uh, let me just tell you, jetpack failed into hey, lava. You thought she was hot already. <laughs> Yeah, but none of the none of the players rolled a uh, natural one, which was a little upsetting, but you know what? And let me tell you, as a player in this campaign, it kind of goes well with what I was saying about the theme. His Griffin's theme in the campaign was that, like, everything kind of goes in a cycle. The light side takes over, the dark side takes over, yada, yada, yada. That's one of the themes of Star Wars, and that's one of the themes of this campaign. History and repeats itself. History repeats itself, and my character was... <clears throat> set up in a way where he was not really with that. He he was a gray he was a gray Jedi, so he wasn't light or dark. And he was just trying to save his people, which Griffin used well as ransom. As it led to as when I thought they were all gone because the main villain killed them, it led to my character falling into anger and kind of pulling an Obi Wan on Anakin. And where I tried to kill and chop the limbs off of the main villain. Mm-hmm. And none of this was planned. It's all kind of just happened improv because I was doing my own thing. Griffin, as a DM, was had an idea of what he wanted to do for the plot. And was adapting to what I had planned. And it's honestly one of my favorite D&D moments. Even though it was tragic because... Um... It just worked so well thematically wise and how it what went with my character. Yeah. Also, make funny like okay, there's with like the final boss make it like kinda try to make Oh my god. 
try your best to make it dramatic, but this is the way I like my campaigns. In the middle of the campaign, there should be a really funny moment that everybody starts dying laughing, and then the rest of it, you can make it as dramatic as you want with no complaints. Because yeah. in the Star Wars campaign, there was a clone of Baby Yoda's drowning in... Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was dark, but it was hilarious. God, that's the planet. Kashyyyk? No, no, Kajik is the planet with the Wookiees. It was like Camino. That's oh, the yeah, clone Camino. place. Yeah, yeah clone place. It was just water. It's yeah. just water of the planet. Yeah, they blew up the clone place, and they were trying to clone back their baby Yoda friend. Yeah, because he died. He died, and it's just like, okay, we're going to try to bring him back. But the player was kind of an asshole. Yeah, he left because he didn't like the fact that characters can die in D&D, which, you know, is gonna happen, but yeah, you're gonna have to learn. Yeah, sometimes when your players throw a fit, you need, you need to stick your heels in the ground, and you need to tell them, no. <laughs> Slap them on the nose, no. You know, obviously, like, don't be afraid to pull the trigger. Like, just like that. I pulled the trigger on him, but I gave the characters a reason to, you know, bring them back. Yeah. In Star Wars, there's a clone facility. Throw his dead body in the thing, you know. Throw <laughs> his dead body in the thing. See, what they did was Starkiller. That worked out well for him. <laughs> and then, you know, clone. And obviously, the, they got a very low roll on this cloning thing, so it kind of overheated. <laughs> yeah. And then we had to deal with the bad guy again, and I was terrified because I just thought I killed him. <laughs> and so... Yeah, but no, that kind of goes into another subject with DMing that I think is important is learning when to say no. Learning, yeah, you're gonna have to say no, which is very difficult, actually. It, it, oh, yeah, no, it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah, I. One of my better, one of my longest campaigns would have not been so bad if I would have just said no to one of the players. Like my player's like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. Okay, well, you're gonna have to work for it. Okay, he did. And it was all because I wouldn't shut up and I said, well, okay, I want to search for something. I, I should have said no. I should have said no, but I didn't. And that led to a lot of death. A lot of death, a lot of betrayal, and a lot of headaches, you know? And so you should. You shouldn't say no to everything your players want to do, but know when to draw the line. Like, Oh, I want to do this little, like, side quest so I can kind of flesh out my character better. Or I want to do this one thing that I think would benefit the party. And it might be stupid, but, you know, I think it would, if it works, it would work out well. That's, that's alright. That's a say yes to. Or, but don't say yes to. I want this cool sword for the sake of it being cool and me getting stronger. Don't. No. Yeah. I... There's definitely, um, and as a DM, you gotta, you're gonna have to realize that, like, nothing, like, not, not everything's gonna work. Um, I had a situation where I was in utter, like, like, God, why did I think of that? Like, that was so stupid. So one of the, the middle boss, he is supposed to be really hard. He's a samurai, Mm -hmm. and he has a blindfold on and everything, and he, his whole thing is, he literally like left his friends and he was never a part of any parties you know anything like he always studied the blade to the point where you know in this farm that he studied like he you know practiced in he would cut like corn and things like that Mm -hmm. to the point where he literally made his own dimension 
out of corn so he can practice all the time, 24-7. That's and pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And, you know, I was so proud of this villain. I'm like, man, you know, I was, I was of course, ready for him to die. And I was like, I hope he gets an honorable death. But you know what my player did? Did not give him that. This is what they did. Corn can burn, guys. They threw a match into my dimension and watched him suffer. And that, it hurt. But you know what? I was like, it's smart. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you gotta praise it, but, like, you know, don't be afraid to, like, stop the game and, like, say out of game. It's like, okay. So, that's a smart plan. I respect that. That's... That works a little too well. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> but maybe... Just, just maybe you can still fight him you can burn it just just still fight him maybe <laughs> and you know don't have those moments all the time like whenever the player players do something smart you didn't account for but like when you worked hard on it like really hard on it you should at least try to get him to maybe indulge yeah or do what I did um so in Metal Gear if you've ever played Metal Gear Rising um, Good game. There's a part where there's like a hologram kind of thing where the villain you have to face like all the bosses like back to back. I kind of did one of those. Um, I kind of so basically this person, you know, like there's a magic city and things like that. Uh, we haven't really gotten to there, but um, you know, I, we haven't really gotten to that part. But I am ready. To set up, they're gonna have to face another boss, which is like a futuristic cowboy, because it's mm-hmm. about cowboys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna have to go through there, and they're gonna have to face the samurai the right way, but it's a hologram. So, you know, right when he dies, you know, he's just kind of gonna fade away. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's always there's always ways to fit what you want to do in it if it doesn't work out. There's always ways to do it. Is it the exact same you vision? No. But you still got you what you wanted. The players got something cool out of it. You know, it all works out. Mm-hmm. My problem is I literally make entire like plot like plot arcs <laughs> to to get to, to those points. Oh, I want the bad guy to be this guy. Okay, cool. I start I started dating him. Okay, okay. You know, the power of friendship is a beautiful thing. Yeah, really uh- is. So here are these three plot threads to where it's the rise and fall of him and to the point where he tries to kill you. Mm. And you know, they got what they wanted. They got all that stuff. It was tragic, but it went with a theme. And so, you know, it all worked out. You know, and I can kind of see, without the context, I can kind of see how like that's like, well, they you kind of undermine what they wanted to do. Well, okay, yeah, and with it, like, entirely undermines what they weren't worth going to do and screw over. Maybe not, but, like, if you let them know ahead of time, like, a little bit, give them their time to do the thing they want, and, you know, make it so, like, their actions did impact the story, then I think it's, fu- I think it's fine, but understand you're, you're going to have to be in the long haul for that stuff. Yeah. All right. Now that we've given enough advice, instead of titling this episode "Advice for D and D," it's you know advice for D. I mean, it, we're gonna title. We've planned the title to be "Art of DMing." Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk about the art of DMing by you know the best part of D and D, the comical moments. So Gavin, 
what are your some art of D&D comical moments? Oh, boy. Of your art. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, why do We'll go back and forth, so you say oh one, I'll God. say one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best moments at the top of my head. Uh, <coughs> I think one of the funniest, this is a recent moment too, is um, one of the players wanted to turn evil against a group. It wasn't going to be a permanent thing. <laughs> they wanted to temporarily turn evil so they can kind of have their character arc. And they had plot armor because like, I don't want them to die if they're just wanting to do this for this one thing. And so... They have this intense... They have this relationship with another player. One of them is like a... By the rules cop. The other one is just a crazy ex-military man. And so they disagree on like good and evil and all that. And so when... The army dude figures out that the cop... Uh, turned evil. He's like, God damn it. Fuck. Shit. Fuck. And then... He does what any logical person would do. Threaten the school they work at. <laughs> And it was a bluff, like, he wasn't actually going to do it, but just, I liked hearing what happened out of game. I just had some popcorn, I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm like, how, like, this was never, pl- like, wow, where, where did this come from? Well, you know that thing where, like, she slammed your head into a table? I thought she was just mad. Well, well, she was turning evil. What about this? And, like, again, like, literally moments where, like, it was hinted at, like, fuck. How did we not see this coming? <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Um, one of my art of D and D moments is um, I was a player in this situation, mm-hmm. so you know it makes it more funny. Uh, so basically, I don't remember everything about this D and D campaign because it was like a one shot. It was very, it's very ad lib. You know, it was like one of those things. It was like late at night. You know, um, but basically, I remember. We were some kind of warriors or basically like half the laws we didn't really have to obey. Um, you know, you would think, oh yeah, that includes, um, you know, like stealing something wouldn't be oh, too bad. Oh, God damn it, Griffin. Like, God <laughs> damn it. Like, stealing something wouldn't be too bad because, you know, we're ancient warriors. Because, like, in my head, I'm like, if we're ancient warriors and like half the laws we can, like, disobey, I mean, people are going to be mad, but they're not going to be that bad. Stealing has to be one of them. Obviously, I didn't ask because I'm an idiot. So I steal this little kid's lollipop. Like, oh, what's going to happen? I killed the entire campaign from stealing a little girl's lollipop. And to be fair, I overreacted as a DM. I didn't know. I didn't have my advice of ad-libbing and, you know, kind of going with the flow of the story. I was very set in stone. (laughs) So that was a mix of uh, both parties. So... I'm not going... And I was the DM. Yes. (laughs) I will admit, I was partly at fault. Partly. Yeah, but I did steal a little kid's uh, lollipop. Yeah, who does that, man? Me. (laughs) When you say half the laws we could disobey, and of course I didn't ask, but you know, stealing comes right in your head. (laughs) Okay. Alright, but Gavin... Uh... Another... Funny D and D moment. I think we're also we should also talk about cool D and D moments as well. Yeah, cool D and D. Um, another funny thing I had to deal with as a DM is I didn't expect the dumb player to figure out the riddle. So there was a riddle in like the first session. It was kind of a one. It was kind of a one shot to see how this campaign was gonna go. And so one of the players was like, so there was this riddle. I can't remember what the riddle was. I made it up, and it was about grief. Yeah. And. 
so the two smart members of the party, they couldn't figure it out. And this character, the other side of the character, Joe the Barbarian. I love him. <laughs> Best character I've had in a campaign. Just got beautiful man. Beautiful character. He's literally just a barbarian who drinks bleach and he's just, he's just very stubborn. He's just very <laughs> stubborn. Literally ran ahead to, to a board. He literally ran headfirst into a boulder at one point. He figures out the riddle. And here's the problem with the weapon that was inside. He's an orc. His weapon was the Moonblade. It hates orcs. <laughs> yeah. So, it literally, the moment he got it, he was attuned to it, it tried to stab him. <laughs> he just slammed it in the ground like, no, bad sword. Bad, bad sword. Don't do it. Do you want to bleach? <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Oh, God. Okay, what is a moment for me? Um, We can start going into cool moments if you want. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of some. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so... um, This is a moment for me that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about favorite characters that I've had. This is my favorite character, or one of my favorite characters. And this is, for the person who is listening to this... One of the best, best D&D villains I've ever had. And I don't know why. I just really love the idea of them. Okay, so basically the, the situation is I'm on a survival kind of... Oh, it's not like an island. It's more just like a winter... Walking in a winter wonderland forever. Non-stop. It's always winter. There's no electricity. It's always winter. For some reason. I don't know why. I have to figure that out. I haven't finished the campaign. It's Elsa. A, it's a it's a winter tradition kind of campaign thing. But anyway, so, you know, I'm trying to basically get wolves and things like that to survive. And um, later I figure out there's a cult oh, that, that dress up as animals. And when you try to shoot at them, let's say you miss, this whatever animal it is will stand up like a human and sprint at you. Superhuman speed. Like, there'll be a wolf for one second. Let's say you miss. They'll beeline to you. And, you know, you just have to cock up your gun, which is cold outside. So, you know, if you have ever touched a gun before, you know that's difficult. So you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Are you talking about the Skinwalkers, Griffin? I was in this in this campaign, but I know it's kind of reminds me of the Skinwalker. But, yeah, go, go on. But, anyway, that's it. <laughs> ah. uh, so you were just afraid? It just the villains are cool. I love the villains. Oh, yeah. Um, another cool D&D moment I had, and this is the most ambitious crossover I've ever done. Well, one of them. So, in high school, I was a part of a D&D club, and I ran the club for a bit. So, I was there for about three years, and there was a lot of campaigns. Mm-hmm. We had this one villain that this group was never able to defeat because when we fought the final boss, he just wiped our ass. And same with another campaign. And so we had in kind of the canon is that the one final boss killed the other final boss and took over this magical weapon that destroyed all of reality. Mm-hmm. And so this led to a situation where characters from across different campaigns were had to work together to defeat him. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of character arcs, a lot of redemption um, for people. 
And this all led to the final moment where after literally going through bended time where literally the realities that they like the realities and dimensions that they lived in were messed up. Um killing old enemies that they fought and old friends led to an Avengers level crossover. <laughs> I literally went on for ten minutes listing off every villain that we've ever had, basically off against every hero. And I did not breathe. I literally, after that, after that, after that description, I passed out and hit my head on the table. <laughs> Great job. I was dazed for like a minute, but I, I, got, I got back up. <laughs> um, there's 30 seconds left, so this will be the last one. It's really quickie. Um, great job. Um, I guess a cool, quick moment is... I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, it's gonna go a little over 45 minutes, but you know what? I don't care. Uh, let me think of one real quick. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So, there's this weapon that, uh, somebody made that I thought was pretty interesting. Basically, so, there was this gun that was, like, a slime weapon. Mm-hmm. So, when you shoot it, it's like, you know, it's goo, you mm-hmm. know? It's kind of like, okay, so if you ever played Portal 2, it kind of, like, speeds you up. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, what they wanted to do is they wanted to put, like... Okay, so there's basically wizards across the town that give you, like, cool abilities to your weapons, like mm-hmm. frost and things like that. Why I listed frost first is because they made frost gel. So when somebody got shot with this gun in the face, the oh, gel would go that, around their face oh, and freeze that, over. That's that's horrible. That, that, that's a... <laughs> But that's a wor- horrible way to go. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if it... Obviously, like, if they shot it at the ground and it hit their foot, nothing would happen. It's not like it would freeze over. Mm-hmm. But the gel, it, it was specifically a headshot, which is... I'm glad they didn't overuse that power. Mm-hmm. Basically, it coats around them and the ice coats over them. So, you're basically suffocating. So, what what, what, so what was the point telling us? Was like, is this like a... It's like, just a cool weapon. It was a cool item, yeah. Like, with D&D, you can also make a lot of cool homebrew items which that could be a discussion for another time like we talk about homebrew items like when it's okay to use them where it's some of the best and i think another good thing to talk about is like some of the best player like characters we made yeah because i have a lot i wanted to talk about but i don't want to make it like make this longer than it has to be yep all right well um quick news for notification news um spring break episode is coming out soon um there's gonna be guest stars it's gonna be interesting. Our first guest star. Our first guest stars. It's like a real podcast. Yeah. All right. Well. Um. Also, I never really pointed this out, but if you're into this notification kind of thing, you're like, oh man, I'm kind of getting tired of these people's voices. It, but please stay to listen to us too. Um, the people that inspired this is called Game Scoop Dash First Video Game Podcast. Please check them out. I love them. Um, my favorite episode is Consoles Are Like Phones Now. That's my favorite episode. But anyway, um, we'll talk to you next time, and we'll notify you weekly. That was reversed, but I don't care. We'll weekly notify you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a beautiful time. See you soon.